Who's hungry, baby? Episode four, Rags to Dishes. I'm Max Messier-Richter. Dan Cotter. And we're here to talk everything terrible about working in the service industry. What up, screw? Dude, uh, <laughs> off topic, but Chappelle shows on Netflix now. I just saw you had that on your TV. It is. It's, I it's am on the flicks. So amped. It's I been mean, so long since I've watched Chappelle show. Well, dude, I mean... I wish I could see the same, but like I bought like the season one and two DVD sets when they came out back in the day, like 2005. Uh, but I still haven't seen them in so long because they've been like scratched for like a decade now. I've noticed I'm like maybe three or four episodes in and like in all of the first episodes, for whatever reason, he's just talking about boobs a lot. Dude, he has a hardcore titty fetish. Yeah, he's all he about and, and Asian women too. Like his wife is Asian, but like you could tell when he does that one sketch where he's in like the laundromat and he does the like jizz squirt of like the laundry <laughs> detergent. And yeah. he's like, Oh yeah, some really hot lady, and then it's like a really hot Asian woman, and you're like, You specifically asked for an Asian woman, David. I can tell. <laughs> like, dude, that show is it's on the Mount Rushmore greatest comedies all time. It eases my anxiety so much. It's the best, it's so ahead of its time. Yo. When I uh, when I applied for colleges out of high school, I applied and was accepted to Plymouth State University. Not saying much, but uh, the admissions essay had to be on like write an essay on somebody who you think changed the world for the better. And I was like, I'm not gonna do Gandhi or MLK or any of that shit where they read like 40 essays about this same motherfucker. Not that either of those people are motherfuckers. Same, <laughs> they read 40 essays on the same great people like every year. And I was like, yeah. I'm writing my essay on Dave Chappelle. So I wrote my admissions essay about Dave Chappelle and how he made the world a better place by like breaking down racial walls with his comedy. <laughs> I specifically That's cited a- the sketch with John Mayer playing guitar. And he was like, see, he's proving that white people can dance and he's breaking down racial stereotypes. That's a good angle. How it worked. I got in. Yeah, yeah. I flunked out, but I got in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty awesome, dude. I mean, Dave Chappelle's the goat, dude. He is. I mean, like, you can't deny. I mean, he has maybe Richard Pryor, but I mean, I mean, Carlin. I mean, we're we're not. (laughs) They're up there, but like, I mean, Dave, of course, has some views that I don't necessarily agree with, but like, the way he presents them is still uh, artistically sound. Dave Chappelle also, like, today, in today's world, like, whenever he does anything, it's, like, a special moment. Like, yeah. everyone in the country is like, yo, Dave Chappelle has a stand-up out. Like, well, dude, you know. he didn't do stand-up for, like, a decade. Yeah, like, at, when he bounced to Africa and stuff because of Chappelle's show, like... He and now did, he's, like, jacked. Yeah, he did get swole. Him <laughs> he, and Busta Rhymes were in the gym. Together. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just got super swole. Oh, man. Can you imagine being in the gym with Busta Rhymes and what, like, he must sound like he when just, he's doing yeah, reps? Yeah, totally. He'd just be like, huh, huh, two more sets and you know I got to huh, huh. <laughs> He'd be oh, going man. crazy That could gym. literally be a Dave Chappelle skit right there. 
Dude, I'm so honored you said that. It's so flattering. And also, like, watching, because I'm, I'm watching the first season right now, like, you just see all these cameos of people that, like, you're like, oh, wow, they got famous. Like, yeah. like Rashida Jones and uh, Michael Rappaport and yeah, Bill Michael, Burr. Well, like, Bill, yeah, Michael Rappaport was already a bad stuff, but he was just boys with David. So, yeah, Bill Burr is great seeing it. I forget who else would be in it, but I remember, like, I was watching, like, 30 Rock recently, in uh, one of the first couple of seasons, then and there's Childish Gambino as like a background <laughs> actor, funny. and it's like ha, he's going to be more famous than this show. Yeah. Well, to round us back to the topics that we came here to talk about, which is the kitchen, I'm sure oh. we could do another Dave Chappelle podcast, but I'm ready for that, dude. I'm a- the last two weeks we were talking about the dish pit, the dish warriors, the goats, the crash, the, the grease, goat, the epic crash, the clean steel. And this week we're going to talk about a position where you can't really crash it. (laughs) The lounging position. Some people did crash it, but we're going to be talking about prep. (laughs) We're going to be talking about crashing the prep station. (laughs) The next step up from dish prep. The most cush job in any kitchen. It is. If I like that job in that kitchen, particularly is one of the best jobs I've ever had. You would come in at whatever the fuck time and you would just have whatever, as much time as you need to just make all these fun recipes. Like the greatest thing about that prep kitchen is I've never made a crepe before in my life. And then all of a sudden you just get gang at making crepes. <laughs> You're just flipping them with your left hand. Like it's nothing and shit. Yeah, like straight up. that prep kitchen will learn you. Like you will learn a lot about cooking, working in there. And that was a great thing about it, but like five prep tables, dude, it was, but it would get to be not enough three bay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that sink was usually full of like, you know, vegetables and And like juice girl shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But dude, as cush as that job was like people would bug out just because like, you know, you'd be, if you had a prep shift, you'd be lounging, you know, just like working at your own pace and the line cooks would just be so bitter about it. (laughs) Cut your fries to the line, please. Yeah. yeah. They'd be like trying to give you extra bullshit jobs just because they were jealous that you weren't sweating on your brow as much as them. Dude, those are the days you would be. And if you were like someone that worked the line and you happened to get a prep shift, you would be milking it. You'd be like looking at the line cooks. Like, look at me. I'm not even sweating over here. (laughs) Look at how slow I'm cutting this cucumber. Oh, you need some fries. Yeah, you need fries, dude. When you become, like, the new prep guy, like, you know, when I moved from dish to prep, you were the guy that's doing all of the bitch prep. Oh, yeah, but, like, you're still so lit to be out of the Yeah, dishes. yeah, straight up. That's straight the thing. Up, it's like up. you don't even know how much but you're like, being abused. I remember, like, moving up and, like, you know, the first... Uh, it's like obviously the first prep project anyone does. Can I guess? Is yeah, fifty pounds of planes. <laughs> no, I was gonna get to that, but cracking eggs, cracking eggs. Yeah, it's just like it must have been a breakfast. Sh- show, showing yeah. up to work at like eight a.m. and just cracking two or three cases of eggs into the five gallon pickle buckets are like, dude. I was just like, life could not get better than this. Like, yeah, I'm just well, cracking eggs. That's dude, it. Dude, you got to learn real quick to go two-handed, and you learn real quick how to crack an egg with one hand. Yeah, straight Like, up. there's none of this tapping on the edge, use two hands to break the shell apart. Okay, I think You're, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I have to do this, but we're already going into our first prep character. Do you remember Danny? 
Who the fuck is Danny? Danny was a Syrian guy that worked at Marco's. Oh, And he quit yo. to come work in our prep kitchen. Danny was that dude. That dude could crack both eggs on each other. Yeah. Like, that, he that was just a douche, Like... You know, you, you you do the two hand two eggs at once, but you're it was, cracking remember on Remember, he side. was called Donnie. Donnie, yeah, like, yeah Donnie. It, it was like, yeah, it was D A N N I or something, but because yeah. the pronunciation was like Donnie, Donnie or something. Yeah, but he was sick with it. He was yeah. a beast. Yeah, I remember. And he, was, he like didn't really speak English well, so he literally just sat there and worked. That's like, the ideal employee in prep. I, I remember, like, whenever we would, because you know, prep is like. Though the shit talk between the line and expo is like way dirtier and more brutal. Yes. But like prep is just all day constantly shit and talk. Yeah, because you have nothing you're like lounging. So you have nothing working to do casually. To talk shit. So you could just like talk shit over your shoulder to the line or whatever. And like a lot of people that worked in prep were shit talking type personalities. Well, so Jake used to <laughs> shit talk and then would be like Donnie, you got my back? You got my back, Danny? And he'd come over not knowing what Jake was talking about and just rub his back. And be like, yeah, <laughs> I got your back. <laughs> Lost in translation there. But yeah, like cracking eggs. Then after that, you would have to do 60 pounds of plain burgers, Which 20 pounds of locos, 20 when pounds of Cajuns. Everybody hated doing that when they were a prep cook. It just took so long. But when you were a dishwasher and you got moved to prep, you're like, fuck yeah, I get to portion all this beef. Um, you're looking over the shoulder at the dish pit like suckers. Looking back, you know what was really gross about making the Moo Moo and Cajun burgers is like, from my experience in kitchens, like I've learned more, but you know, you used to have the raw beef, you'd add the hot sauce and you'd add like two cups of caramelized onions. And they were usually like still warm because they were that, cooked dude, that you were morning. fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're throwing warm carmies you weren't into supposed to. cold meat. And it's just like, Ugh. dude, you weren't supposed to do that. But like, that was how it was. Sometimes like you come in and it's that's like, all you got dude. Like, all the cold yeah. carmies are going to the line. Like that shit was gross. Yeah. Bullshit. And it's like, dude, even if there weren't caramelized onions involved, if you're doing 60 pounds of planes, and you're a prep cook that just got out of the dish pit, if it takes you like two hours to do that, there's beef that's been sitting out on the counter in the summer for, for two, two hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, it's like 85 yeah. degrees, flies everywhere. Oh, there's no AC there either. Brutal no AC. Yeah, of course not. But like those Prep the, kitchen had it good though. There was a great cross breeze. Yeah, prep I kitchen. mean with the doors open. It and, was perfect. Yeah, and also right like the, the fact that like you could see the dining room and people would walk through. You're like a part of all the action. They you know? loved that. You're like you have the, the best seat in the, the house. Customers you know what loved I mean? That. Yeah, of course, because they're like, oh my god, look at Val making cookies. Oh, should we talk about Val? Like, oh my god, Val. All right, so Val, what a beauty. She was a G. When I started at the establishment. She was already working there. She was exclusively a prep cook. She was the baker. A senior citizen. <laughs> like I don't know what her age was, but she was I older than my no parents. Clue. I have no clue. She was up there. <laughs> and uh she was like always there like seven AM in the mornings, worked the same prep station. And I don't know if this is sexist or not, but she would do all the desserts, all the pastry work, <laughs> let the woman make the pies <laughs> and the cakes. But uh, she was sick with the baking, like, like 
nobody could do the brioche as good as her. Nobody yeah. could do the cinnamon rolls as good as her. Mm -hmm. And those were the hardest projects. So it's just like she came in and did her same projects every day and left at the same time every day and wouldn't hear no shit from anybody. And nobody would give it to her because she was, you know, like a senior citizen. Everybody respected her. I think like the thing with Val when I think back is like she was so sweet and nice to me. Oh, yeah. But I think about what she probably was saying about me when I wasn't there because what I would hear out of her mouth was just like, you know, she's just a sweet, awesome lady. But then you talk about like someone doing something bad, like, oh, DCOT's been crashing Expo a lot or, you know. And she would talk and, and shit. And she'd be like, yeah, I don't know like what his problem is. Like, no, she would. Yeah. That's and real talk. Like, she would get like not say anything vulgar, but like cut deep yeah you know? like she wouldn't shy away from like she would talking shit yeah like, about like rip people up. she'd be like where the fuck is this person been they take like three cigarette breaks already it's not even nine o'clock like <laughs> she would be like not afraid to talk shit about people but still everybody would be like oh she's like the sweetest yeah i mean it's kind of like a like a stereotype to have like an yeah. old sweet <laughs> lady like she was an old lady kitchen. they were like a, you assume she's sweet on site without getting to having to but get in to reality her. was she oh if you crossed her oh well like <laughs> that's a very tough question to answer because like everybody reaches a point at the establishment like maybe three to four years in where you just check the fuck out <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and i remember like sweet as she was Val. there were some days where she would just come in and be like I'm making cinnamon rolls. I'm making brioche. I'm doing the specials I have to do, like the bare minimum, and then I'm fucking dipping. And people would be like, did Val just fucking leave when all this shit is left to be done and the depot order is about to come in? What the fuck? People would bug out. Well, Val, like, such a cornerstone. I think she still works there, too. I think she still picks nah. up. I think she, she retired at one point, but... Is I she back? Because I felt like back. I saw her and she was like, oh, I, I left. I think I think she came back. Damn. I mean, um, they always do. But when you talk about this prep kitchen, I would say there's really like a a fab four, if you think about it. Okay. Where it's Val. All right. Who's maybe like Bernie Williams of the crew. I, I was thinking about <laughs> Rushmore. So Val, Val, which, I'm, I'm thinking about the Yankees right now. All right, fuck yourself. Um. Ahead. You got Jay, who's Derek Jeter all day. Or okay. actually, no, no, no. I'm going to say Jay's Mariano Rivera. I mean, that's pretty solid. That makes sense. I'll give Chris as the Andy Pettit and oh, so Jake trash. as Derek Jeter. I don't know. Oh, shut the... Okay, first of all, Jake, Derek yeah, why Jeter. Not? He's smooth. Uh, obnoxious. I mean, <laughs> it's like Jake is A-Rod, bro. Like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> kidding um, me? But yeah. First of all, I don't like this Yankees analogy. I'm I'm uncomfortable now because you're talking about the pinstripes. All right, let's let's stop talking about the greatest sports franchise of all time and talk <laughs> about Jake, Chris, Val, and Jay as just a a, a squad because they were the pillars of that prep kitchen for years. They were. I mean, Chris, I wouldn't put on that list. I feel like you're hyping him up a little too much. I mean, he was a prep kit prep cook because. He wasn't man enough to work the line anymore. <laughs> like, Brutal. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, the dude, 
he would come in every morning, work prep, and then burn rice. Yeah, burn <laughs> rice. Like there was no tomorrow. Burn carmonions. <laughs> Make polenta that like you could wrap your wheels with and drive on the highway. <laughs> and then this fucking guy would have the nerve to be like, the line's crashing. I need to go down and help. And then there's two line cooks that are busy as fuck that want nothing to do with this motherfucker. And you'd be like, I'm coming down. I'm going to jump in the middle. And they would just be even more miserable. Oh, my God. It was. He couldn't hack it on the line. But, that's but why I was afraid. For the to. expos, when Chris came on the line, it was like, yes. Oh, because you had all the time in the world. <laughs> it's just like you're, you're so working slow. in slow-mo. Yeah, exactly. Much. But, I mean, he wasn't. he was a good prep cook in the sense that he had great organizational skills yeah. where he would be like able to prioritize. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to delegate this task to these people and I'm going to set up this other stuff. But oh, this food was trash. Like, I mean, it just wasn't that great. Uh, he, it, that's the thing. Like, I feel like work, this could apply to any job and like working in general, but especially in the kitchen, in a prep kitchen, you have to find that balance between quality and speed yeah where it's like top priority same you got to be same, able to bang that shit out for, same for every position yeah i mean uh, dude same for every job yeah, i yeah, feel like yeah. Eddie, like it's speed you, and precision you, first priority you got to be fast as fuck but like you can't be trash with it like you got to find the balance where like how fast can i be and have it still be acceptable and it's like chris could be fast but that shit would be gross a lot of the time well, Chris would delegate a lot of the prep tasks, especially if we're talking about when I first got moved up to prep. It was like, you're going to do this, then you're going to do this, then you're going to do this, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's mapping the whole And then out. his right-hand man, Jay, who would only work the mornings, which I guess the Chris goat. would too, now that I'm thinking about it. But Jay would do it, but he would do it in a cooler way. Like, hey, you're going to do this and that, and then you can go smoke a bowl. Yeah, he, or, or he, like, would be, he would be like, oh, you can do this, and if that's too hard, or like something like, like he would say something kind of sliding towards yeah, you, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you can do this if you can, like, handle it, or, like, if that's too hard, we'll put you on this, and it would just, like, <laughs> slightly motivate you. And you're just like, no, I'm going to do the hard one. Yeah, you're like, fucking right, I could do this. Or, you know, he would give you options sometimes, like, you know. He was chill. Like, like yeah. Make fire veg or make Thai peanut sauce. And you're like, okay, well, I'm making fire veg. Well, other choices he would give you, like, when you were a new employee, he'd be like, okay, you have a choice. I can either touch your penis or I can show you my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Which would, one did you choose? Uh, I, I chose uh, show me your penis. And the, he didn't immediately. I think he, I let him touch my penis. Yeah, that was the thing. There was a few people that, like, I remember. So, obviously, this is extremely problematic and sexual harassment by definition. But, <laughs> like, back in the day, it was consent. a more problematic time, especially in that kitchen. And this was, like, his, like, test to new employees. Uh, obviously, he would kind of read the room. And it's like, <laughs> if the new employee was, like, a 17-year-old high school girl, he wouldn't be like, I'm going to show you my dick. But with the right people, male mid twenties, yeah, <laughs> has been around the block in kitchens before. Yeah, yeah. you'd be like, you have a choice. You got I got a tattoo. Touch your dick or show you my dick. I chose show you, show me your dick. I didn't see it right away, but like a week later, I like turned around and he had it out, and it just looked like, like the round that you load into a grenade launcher. <laughs> 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 you know, like you do um, an under barrel grenade launcher. I and. You hear about these dick stories and you experience some of these dick stories, but 
everything I ever heard about the establishment is that it used to be worse. Like the dick game used to be worse. I mean, you it know, was it was it used pretty to be bad. crazier. You know, it used to be blah blah blah. And of course, now I would say the same to anyone working there. But yeah. one story I remember, uh, I think Jimmy told me was Jimmy was working at the restaurant on the other side of the parking lot back oh, before it was. Yeah, or oh, I don't I don't know what it was, but he came out to like take like cardboard out or something. And Jay was just sitting in a chair with his dick out. <laughs> That's how he would do it. Like, like back in the day. And like Jimmy, like pretended not to notice and like, you know, just like go about his day. And as he's walking back to the restaurant, Jay's just like, I know you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck. dude. It's insane to think about. That's how we were back then. But I always had mad respect. Like I remember one time, we had a new hire and it was like a young dude. Like he wasn't like, I like Jay always got off on asking the question to the new hires and then just being like, uh, like not knowing what to say. But there was this one guy, I remember he was like, so you got a choice. I could either show you my dick or I can touch yours. And he was like, touch my dick without like <laughs> any hesitation. It was like some fucking 19 to 22 year old kid. He was like, touch my dick. Jay. And I was just like, Confidence, G shit, right there, <laughs> oozing confidence. You're gonna work out well here. Yeah, I don't think he did, but like, <laughs> it was promising could, at the time. He could have, dude. But uh, Jay was like, dude, taught me so much, and like, so many times saved my ass. Like, if I was fucking pissed off, he would get me high. Oh, and he always had dank weed too. If I fucked up, he would. Yeah, he would let me know in a nicer way. He and was get a my great back. manager like that. Yeah, in terms like, of like, he was when like, you fucked up, he would dude. be. He would let you know you fucked up, but be chill about it. He wouldn't just and like be shame you and it. yell at you. He'd be like, yeah. "Hey, man, when you fuck up like this, then the line cooks don't have the burgers they're looking for, and blah blah blah, and that's how everybody gets fucked." And so you'd feel bad about it, but he wasn't directly being like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, he kind of would, but he would be constructive about it. Yeah. It's like, that's like, well, if you do, if learn. you do this and this instead of this and this, you might get a raise or you might get this. And yeah. blah, he, he explained a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. He loved to mansplain to people. Also, I mean, Jay, Jay created the, the shanty or whatever you want to call it. Oh, the, uh, the smoking, <laughs> the smoking uh, section. That was pretty epic, man. We're gonna have to like put find a way to put up a picture of that. Yeah, or something. I, I'll figure that out. But like, there was this. He made a, a little lean to hut for, <laughs> for people to go dank cheap in when yeah, it was raining, much. and it got really advanced at points. It was like, like loaded up with like there was a rig and a torch <laughs> under there. There it was just like, like, there like, like a mirror with like, a razor blade. <laughs> there were like draws for people to put shit in. It was like, very advanced. Some of the seating was really nice. And then, you know, after the Sunday morning shift, all the waitresses would go out there and get fucking wasted. Black out. Oh, my God. There was some brutal after after hours afternoons there when, like, the Where Saturday everyone else brunch is just working. or Sunday brunch crew would finally get off at, like, 2 for the line cooks, like, 3, 3.30 for the front of the house people. And then we'd all sit behind the restaurant and just get wasted. And then, like, we'd be like, oh, we'll have some drinks while we count out our tips. Next thing you know, it's six. And you've just been sitting behind the restaurant <laughs> drinking, drinking next Daniels. to a dumpster. And as you get more <laughs> drunk, you're just telling stories and yelling out loud 
realizing you're like 25 feet from the nearest <laughs> table of customers. And you're just yelling about Sonya's box or something. That back area, do you know how many times when I didn't work at the establishment that I was visiting town or just needed some herb and literally just walked back there? Yeah, and it was I just re- like, hey, is anyone selling weed right now? I it's like, yeah, that. of course they are. <laughs> you moved to like New York and then I'd be like taking out the trash and I'd be like, what the fuck is Max here? Like, yeah, I need some weed. I'm in town. Oh, you came to the right place. Someone here is going to have it and they are. Always did. Dude, Jay always did. And that back to Jay, he was the best at that, where it was like, if you were working prep and you were clearly having a bad day, like you were hungover or whatever, he would just be like, all right, let's go get high and shit. And like, he was a G for that. He would get you high as fuck before the shift even started. He would get you way too high. He was the best for that. Yeah. Shout out Jay. <laughs> That's what you need when you prep. Shout out fucking Jay. Shout out Jay for real. Um, Who's the next out of the four? Did we cover all of them? Little man, big mustache. <laughs> Little man, big mustache, Jake Michael Scott Town. Yes. The legend. This guy. Oof. Wait, let me start it off. So you want to hear how I met this kid? I'd love to. My buddy Kyle, who used to work at the establishment before me, and a bunch of us were going to this party out in Cherahoe, and it was supposed to be this huge house. I've told this story a million times. Anyway, little Jake's with us because he's with... And I'm with Johnny B. And it was like a crew of people that worked at the establishment before I worked there. And we roll up to this party. And little Jake is from this town, mind you. So he's going to know all the people at this party. And oh, we roll up for show. Yeah. And we roll up to the party. And it's like Project X style, like hundreds and hundreds of people. Everyone's absolutely shitted. Asher Roth bumping out the stereo. <laughs> yes. And we literally walk up this giant hill. We walk up this giant hill and this huge meathead fuck comes out and it's just like, yo, you guys are with Jake. Not going to say his last name. You got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and that was my introduction to Jake. I've had similar encounters where uh, I was just like, okay, I guess we have to leave this party. My sister, when she lived in Narragansett, her and her roommates would have uh a big summertime massive party. Oh, yeah. Combined with the neighbors next door. Fourth of July, baby. And I remember one year Jake being there, and they would be like, they were, almost everybody there was like, who the fuck brought this kid? This guy sucks. <laughs> just because Jake is just one of those shit talkers that it's like, if you know him, it's like, okay, he's that guy in the friend group that's just like always talking shit. But the thing is, he doesn't know to turn that off. For people he doesn't know. The thing is, so too, he can is, meet somebody and be like, nice shoes. Where'd you get in the fucking Salvation Army, you <laughs> fucking idiot? Like, you're like, who the fuck are you? Is the first thing you say to me. The, the thing about it, too, is like, he's a small dude. Yeah. So, so it's like, people are like, I can't like knock this kid out because he's so thing. small. But I his feel like he figured that so out. Well, yeah, no, he, he on, figured he out that it to he his could his just advantage. say anything he wanted too. Yeah, he, he it works for him. He could he figured out he could say anything he wanted, and no one would hit him just because he's like five foot and yutting and weighs like <laughs> ninety pounds soaking wet. So people felt like they couldn't hit him in the face because it would be like I'm punching a child or something. Great prep cook. Great great prep cook. The thing it's like. 
He would just be too shitty and cocky about it. And like, he'd be ahead and prep and talking I mean, shit. It's like a girl that's hot and she knows it and she won't. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. I mean, he's been, yeah, kind of. He's been prepping there for like 10 years now. Yeah. He's like one of the most high paid people in that kitchen. Yeah, it's like more power to he just, You could do that tip yeah, job just, for yeah, like over 20 up. an hour. He just mastered it. Yeah. He's a G for that shit. Although I was there one time he did get punched in the face by somebody. <laughs> who was that? I mean, who would have no boundaries and Wait, punch a child no problem? He got punched more than once. I saw Aldo school fucking punch him. <laughs> oh, right man. I remember that. I was I, not there for it, but. Dude, he punched Jake right in the face. And Jake ate that shit like it was a fucking bacon, egg, and cheese, dude. <laughs> it was nothing to Just him. Just punch him in the face, kept talking shit. Exactly. Like, his face, like, went to the side for a second. Didn't and then he just recovered beat. immediately. Yeah, it was G shit. G shit. Absolute G shit. Yeah. He's, he, he was already a G, but that cemented his status. You know, like, there came a point in my prep career there that me and Jake, during Jake one, and I. <laughs> Jake and I. We would be working the same shifts together for one summer. We would work, like, every Saturday night together. We'd get there at 2 o'clock, and it was pretty sweet. But we would both team up and torment people. Oh, and God. Like, when you guys me and together. Jake together were like, oh, man, just brutalizing. Brutal. And you know who caught it the hardest? Who I cannot wait to roast on this fucking show when we get to front of the house, people. Let me hear it. Nick. Oh, like. Me and Jake would talk about terrorize. We're talking about 35 years old dating 18 year old women. Terrorize Daddy Nick. Oh, daddy. You can't get to Daddy. Daddy's already two wine bottles deep. He wants to go throw the football out across the street in the parking lot. So he would like always be getting drunk and hiding his beers in the walk-in. And he would eat like a baked potato every shift. That was like You talking thing. about Nick? I'm talking about Nick. Yeah. Dude, he'd be drinking red wine, bro. <laughs> like, like, but yeah, he would be getting he wasted. He would hide every shift. all his shit in the walk-in, and me and Jake would just hide it. Oh yeah, hiding and the he booze. would get so the pissed, elkies. so pissed, and That's he'd be losing brutal. his mind because you know he's like leaving his tables to go into the walk-in to get, like he's he's limited on time that he can drink, and he goes in there and he just can't find anything, dude. Yeah, when you're just like I have 20 seconds, I'm gonna go to the walk-in and chug one real quick, and you're like, where the fuck is it? Oh my god! But the times me and Jake, Jake was got to torment that, that dude. I mean. One time I remember he walked into the prep kitchen. He was so fat. So he was wearing a shirt that he was supposed to pay for, which he obviously got for free. And me and Jake, every time he would walk through the prep kitchen, would just be like, hey, Nick, did you pay for that? Dude. Nick, how come you oh didn't pay God. for that shirt yet? You guys are a little worse for he, that. He walks in one time after like just being terrorized all night and just goes, you know what? You guys are fucking assholes. Well, well <laughs> goes back to his table. Nick three shirts always had to wear three shirts during <laughs> his shift. And that's shirts. what we call them three shirts. His fucking guy would just, <laughs> he was so conceited that it's like he would work for a couple hours. And then if he got sweaty or something, he'd be like, I got to go change my shirt, bro. And then he would come in with another shirt and we'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then he would do it again. It'd be like three shirts. What the fuck are you doing wearing three shirts in one shift? I spill red wine on it, man. I have so many stories to go into with Nicholas. Dude, oh, I do too. But what else can I say about Jake? I mean, there's there's so much to say about Jake. I mean, he is top three shit talkers in the history of the establishment, no doubt. Are we also top three? 
I mean, I know I am. I mean, you're uh, third. I'm falling out. I'm falling out of the top three here. I mean, I was a lot. I feel pick. like you're. You might. You might be three. I mean, I can't. I can't think of who else would be there. Back in the Jimmy, day, like Jimmy's the white pepper talker pranks. Too. Jimmy, Jimmy was a big shit talker too, but he was kind of like me where it was like all about the volume and the quantity. <laughs> he would just, Jimmy and me would just constantly never shut the fuck just up. Just screaming. Jake too, but like we also, all three of us just like tried to cut as deep as we could. With everything so we said, bad. which was fucked up. Like it would be brutal shit. Like, oh, what are you gonna go get another fucking DUI to somebody that like just got a DUI or something? And you'd just be like, bro, what the fuck? Oh man, like, hardcore. or like, or like, you know, like, so many times this happened over the history of the establishment. But like, someone's hooking up with someone, and then that someone goes and bangs someone else, and it's just like, what are you gonna do? Cry because she's banging Kyle? Oh my god, that was the worst. Like, people would like happen all the time. Really so. comment on others' like personal lives. lives. Like, yeah. it's just like, yo. First of you. all, keep that under wraps. <laughs> Second of all, like, shut the fuck. But up. I mean, like, also, how many like people have you hooked up with there where you're both like, okay, like no one can know about this. And the <laughs> next morning you wake in, it's just like, heard you fucked her. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was like, it's there like, was, okay. So there was no sleeping with each other. People hours, not knowing about yeah, it. Like immediate. It happened every time. The hickeys and it's oh, dude, fucking hickeys, mess. Dude, the hickeys, dude, that's some fucking childish shit. But like, I just, we just talked about the big four a little bit, but like Jerry Dennis, the Jerry, man with two first names. Jerry Dennis is one of my favorite prep cooks all time. He's a close. He fit. was a G. He he's. Well, I mean, I put I put him over Chris. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean uh, yes, perfect. yes, cooking skill wise, yeah. yes, but not Jerry, time spent. Oh well, yeah, and Jerry Jerry's got a short temper. <laughs> Jerry would just get so pissed off and so frustrated at work, which is like par for the course of the establishment, but it's like, yo, you're working a morning prep shift. That's like the least stressful. Like at least in a <laughs> night prep shift, you could get pissed off because you have to do a bunch of prep projects on the fly that should have been done that morning. Or the people on the line are like, we need this right away. And you have or to the, make uh, it on the fly for them. But in the morning you're coming in, there's no deadlines and you're chilling. And Jerry would, with no pressure, just be like, Fuck this, I quit. And he like <laughs> he quit a morning prep job, which is like the cushiest Multiple job times. Yeah. And Jerry like Jerry was like also one of those people kind of like Jay that uplifted your spirits just because of the way his brain operated. Dude, Jerry motherfucking Dennis. Do you remember do you remember when Jerry came up with the concept of a movie that would be about the establishment? And he would always be like, Yeah, like Brad Pitt is playing Dan. Uh Dave Chappelle is going to play Jimmy. And he would just be like, he would be naming out a cast. Yeah. He was like, you know, Vince Vaughn is going to play Val. And none of it would dude. make sense, but he'd be dude, like, hell yeah. He like, would come up with the funniest fucking jokes like that. I remember he told me that he wanted to make, oh God, we have to talk about this now. Do you remember the knife guy? 
Oh, I remember a knife the guy. The fucking schmuck of a knife Fuck guy that, that would come and take our knives and sharpen. He would act like his job was so fucking hard. And you know what? Him and Chris were boys because they both loved shitty fucking jokes. Yeah, they were douchebags. But I remember Jerry being mad about the knife guy one time, being like, you know what? I'm going to start my own fucking knife sharpening business <laughs> yeah. because this guy can't sharpen a fucking knife. And Jerry was going to call it Blade Runners. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> sick, dude. Jerry, I was like, Dennis, dude, I would hire why you. did you abandon that idea that's genius oh so good that's savage he was a g for stuff like that he would always think of funny shit like absolute that. character i love jerry i lived with him for a while i saw him sharpen knives at our <laughs> house because he he was building his own knife he yeah, bought dude, a piece of straight steel up. built his own knife dude. what a boss he was a g the man with two first names jerry jerry motherfucking dennis well speaking of people that get fired and come back we talked about it already how johnny b has been fired and rehired more than anyone in the establishment's history yeah and just like more than that just had the cocky energy of knowing bitch you need me <laughs> um every time and this, fired, this is gonna, like, this, I'll be back. this is gonna tie into jay too but this is a pretty personal but good story so john had been fired and i had been moved to prep. john now okay <laughs> jonathan B the third had been fired and I had been moved to prep, not because he was fired, but when he got rehired, they forced him to go back into the dish pit. Oh yeah. I remember. So it was like, I leapfrogged him and now I, he was my bitch, you know? And so when John, when Johnny B was in prep, he would make fun of me for being a virgin when I first worked there. Naturally. And you know, nowadays we would call them incels (laughs) would cut into me pretty hard. And you know, I could take it, obviously. But then something happened, and it was right around the time that Johnny B got rehired and put in the dish pit, so roles were reversed, where I lost my virginity with a girl that he really, really liked. And then oh, yeah. later that night, he also had sex with her. That's not, that's normal. Anyway, I come into work the next morning, and I tell Jay this. And Jay's like, oh, that's awesome, dude. Like, I'm going to shit all over Johnny B because, like, he always makes fun of you for being a virgin. And now you bang the girl that he wanted to bang. Anyway, he comes into work psyched that he banged that girl (laughs) and is pumped. And I was like, what time did that happen? And he was like, like, yeah, it was probably, like, 3 in the morning, pretty late. And I was like, yeah, well, I did it at, like, midnight. Dude. And Jay just lit a fucking fire under his ass. <laughs> He's like, you make fun of this kid all the time. And now he just got you like that. And now you're in the dish pit washing dishes while he's prepping. <laughs> Such justice served over you toxic have been masculinity. <laughs> yeah, bitch, I fucked her first. And yeah, that was the story of me losing my virginity. <laughs> Never been so proud. And, you know, prep is, like, just one of the easiest positions, as we've been saying this whole episode. There's nothing to be complaining about. One thing that used to get me, because I was going to say earlier, like, the only thing you can be pissed about is, like, at night. Remember when people used to just leave their projects without putting them away, just on the sheet pans? That was bullshit. Yeah, it was, like, that was bullshit because people would, like, 
do all these print projects. Like I remember people that would be like proud about like, oh, I did like 10 or 15 projects. And it's like, you didn't put any of them away. You, you just, just have like it off. Yeah. 20 yeah. sheet pans here with all shit that I have to put away. And like, yeah, I remember Jake flipping out be like, you're not fucking leaving until you put this fucking <laughs> shit away. Like he would take people to task every fucking day. And Shout that would be like Jake the first thing he looked at too. Just be like, this bacon's getting put away before you go home. Oh yeah. But I mean, there was very few things to get pissed off at the prep kitchen, but I always found myself like you can always get yourself pissed where like if you're working in the prep kitchen you're just looking at other people prep and you're comparing yourself to them like i've got fucking five projects going right now and this motherfucker has barely started one and like if you're a seasoned prep cook you come in in the morning and you start like six things at once you're like i'm putting on two different rices for two yep. different things i'm putting on water to boil to blanch this spinach and i'm like putting I'm on defrosting two the sausage like, you're do, um, yeah. like you've got like the whole day planned out in your brain and you're the just like setting everything else and then you got this other person working with you that's just like a snail and it just makes <laughs> you bitter as fuck i remember this guy julian we worked with Julian. Oh, we'll definitely get into this guy later. Like, there'll probably be a whole episode about this motherfucker. But he was one of those guys that it's like, uh, he was working in a kitchen by choice, which is <laughs> which is a f- true rarity. But he went to Jewu, he went to Johnson and Wales, got a culinary degree, and wanted culinary. to work in a fucking kitchen. Meanwhile, all of us are just bums that can't get a real job. <laughs> This guy's here by choice. He went to school for this. He went to school, bro. And shout out to all my chefs out there that go to school. Some of you got some serious skills. All better cooks than me. But like. But the thing is. Can you get gully? What they don't teach you in culinary school is what it's like to work in a restaurant. Yeah. They don't teach you how to be a brutal savage on the line. That's (laughs) You can only learn that by experience. So this guy... They don't tell you that question about touch the dick or see the dick. They don't tell you about that shit in school, bro. No, they don't, they don't tell, tell you about, about that, that nope. grenade launcher in school, bro. So this guy, Julian, I remember one morning, and the legendary Jay was not there that morning, so I had commandeered Jay's prep station. So I'm like... It's, it's just Val and I. It's, it's me and Val. We're busting Running out. Killing it. And this motherfucker, Julian, comes in, and he's working on some shit for a while, and I'm like... We're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make some swordfish skewers for us to have for lunch. And I'm going to like, I'm going to like uh, marinate them in like a Dijon lime marinade. And I'm just like, you can stop right the fuck there, dude. You're what? <laughs> You're making lunch for us? Swordfish? You're using company time to make us lunch? Like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be happy if you happen to get a half a grilled cheese. Like, what the fuck? This guy spent like... Over two hours, like he brought in swordfish. He's cubing it up into cubes. Oh, it was his swordfish. He, yeah, he brought in swordfish and he, he might've brought in a couple other odd ingredients that he knew he needed for his like allrecipes.com fucking swordfish skewers. (laughs) And so he cubes up this swordfish taking forever. He makes like this like lime fucking marinade, whatever, puts the fish in it. Then he's chopping up veggies. Over two hours, he's spending on this prep project, and I am just fuming the entire time <laughs> I'm prepping. And I'm getting so pissed. Like, is this motherfucker fucking serious? But I'm, like, not saying anything to anybody. He finishes around lunchtime, 
And like people are, and I'm like, I'm not fucking eating one of those things. Get that <laughs> fucking shit away from me. People are like eating it. Like I remember the night cooks come in. Oh, Alex, this is so good. Alex, oh, this is pretty good. Thanks, man. I'm like, cool. Did you know he took three fucking hours to make it and didn't do jack shit besides it? I was so mad. And then I remember um, I was super bitter because Alex liked it and got inspired by it and actually made swordfish skewers like the special for the rest of the week. So Julian was oh, like man. really proud of himself. Yeah. Really proud of himself. And I was just like, like Alex didn't know what he was doing. Like he got in at two o'clock yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just like, dude, you cannot reward this kid for this behavior. The kicker is I found out months and months later, like this bothered me so much that I've like fumed over this story several times. <laughs> you still think about it. Once I was telling McBurney about it and he was like, Oh, you know, Julian uh, asked to be compensated for that swordfish. And I was like, <laughs> what? Oh he was like, the motherfucker brought in swordfish made lunch for everybody and then wanted to be compensated for the swordfish because everybody <laughs> ate it for lunch. And I was just, while he was clocked in, dude, if I was so glad that I didn't find out about that that day, because <laughs> I would have stabbed people like oh, McBurney man. told me about that months later. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like I was pissed enough. Like, are you, how do you have the fucking audacity to waste three hours of company time just making fucking lunch for people and then want to be compensated for that? You should be compensating the company for the fucking three hours you wasted. You know, he's also one of those characters, personality-wise, not like Nolan, but, like, he's one of those people that, like, his getting, during his seven-hour shift, getting three or four projects done... That was hard work for him. Oh, dude. He was yeah. like beat at the dude, end of the day. He was where I'm so like, dude, I surpassed your workload <laughs> at fucking two hours he into was my so shift. So out of touch. One of those people that you would that would do like a quarter of the amount of work you did in his shift to be like, man, we killed it today. I feel like I did so much. And you'd be like, <laughs> I've been pissed about how little you did all day. He was just out of touch, man. Out of touch. We are going to have a lot to talk about with Julian. Oh, God. I'm mad just talking about it now. <laughs> but I think we're going to save it for the next episode because we're going to have to hit you with another prep episode after this, just yes. like we did with dishing. Got to do it. To all our listeners, we love you. We truly do. Please share this to your industry folk. Of course. Your family. Great. Your friends. Fuck it. Subscribe. Listen to it with your pets. Yes. Play, play it and then leave the house. Just to give us listens. I'm Max Messier Richter. Dan Cotter. This has been Rags to Dishes. Rags to Dishes. Stories from the kitchen. Kitchen rolls, no we gotta.